jars are full of two types of rocks. They're full of large rocks and they're full of small rocks. And the jars represent our lives. And the rocks themselves, they represent the things that go into our lives. So the small rocks, that's just the busyness of day-in, day-out routines. So that could be everything from getting up in the morning, getting dressed, having your breakfast, getting to school, going to work, running errands, checking emails, whatever it may be. Just those, those busy things that happen day in, day out that just really kind of get us through our days. But these large rocks, they represent something different. These represent the things that we find as priorities in our lives. So on week one, we talked about making God a large rock in our life. And setting time aside each week to spend time with God. Last week we talked about people. How relationships in our life, they should be priorities. We should make it a goal to, to, to set time aside and say, you know, this week, I don't want to get so caught up in the business that I, I don't make time for relationships. Those intentional relationships in my life. And the idea is, and you saw it in the video there this morning, that if we put the small rocks in first... It's hard to fit all the large rocks in. But if we put the big rocks in first, then the small rocks, they still fit. And isn't that the same with life? If we get caught up in those busy things week in, week out, sometimes we come to the end of the week and we realize, you know, I planned on doing that at the beginning of the week. I planned on spending some quality time with my family, but just life got in the way. And I had every good intention. It's not that I'm a bad person. It's just I got busy. And what we need to do is say, you know, I need to make that a large rock and a priority and say, you know, this is going on the calendar. I'm going to make room in my life for that because it's too large of a rock. It's too important to just let slip by. So we've been looking at these different rocks and over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a few more. But I'll be honest with you, um, as, I've, as I've studied this more and, and looked at how we can apply it in our lives, I really wanted to come, on, come back to this this morning. I'll talk about it in a second, but our greatest example for someone who, who really got things right when it came to these rocks and priorities in his life, I think is Jesus. You see, listen to the, the counsel, the advice that Jesus gave us. He said that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. When he says, I have come that they may have life, he's talking about us. He's saying, I want you to experience life and life to the full. I want you to have the greatest life possible and and I want to equip you and help you live the greatest life you can. So Jesus is coming and and he wants us to to follow his example. He sets a great example of somebody, a man who who set aside time. He made priorities. He, He made room in his life for these big rocks. And he wants us to do the same. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about a couple of other big rocks that I think if we really kind of prioritize them in our lives, they will lead to a more fulfilled and a better life for every one of us. But before I continue on in that series, I've got to be honest, I felt like I needed to just kind of pull back a little bit. And this morning, I think we're going to take a little bit of a different look at this. Because instead of identifying another large rock here this morning, I actually want to challenge us all to take a look at what some of us may have already said, yeah, that's a rock in my life, but is it really the large rock that it could be? That is a rock in my life, but really, where does it fit? Is it a small rock or is it a large rock? So this morning I want to look, and and the person I want to look at is Jesus. In fact, this week I'm talking about making room for Jesus. 
And some of you are like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Week one, you said making room for God. Is this like a repeat? You know, are you like going back because you missed out some stuff on week one? And, and yeah, there's some semantics here. We made room for God. Now we're making room for Jesus. Well, here's where I want to go with the idea of this. You see, I honestly believe that Jesus, just like the, the little kid in the story earlier, he's the answer. You know, it sounded like a rabbit, but the answer is Jesus. And I think in my life, I've discovered that the answer is Jesus. He's made such a difference in my life. Following Jesus has changed my life forever. There are dozens of people here this morning who could come and say the same thing, that that following Jesus has changed them forever. You know, it's great because Justin and I talk a lot about what I'm speaking about and uh, what he's singing about. But this morning, we didn't really connect to a great length. And yet, I'm standing there singing, and all the songs he's singing were about Jesus. We sang in that second song this morning about the Lamb of God. The Bible talks about the Lamb of God. And do you know who that is? That's right, Jesus. It sounds like Jesus. Yes, that's right. That's the answer, the Lamb of God. When the Bible talks about the Lamb of God, it's talking about Jesus. Throughout the Old Testament, the prophets and the people were looking towards the day. We talked about this last year as we were approaching Christmas. They were anticipating the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus. And then the second part of the Bible, the New Testament, is the stories of the life of Jesus and the difference that he made while he lived here on earth. And then Paul onwards, the way the church was established upon the shoulders of Jesus. And this morning I want to challenge us and and cause us to really look inside and say, you know, when we think about making room for God, yeah, on week one, we talked about a scheduling kind of way of making room for God. We said, hey, I'm going to make Sundays a priority. I'm going to, I'm going to try, unless anything else, you know, really um, urgent comes up, I'm really going to make an effort to be at church on Sundays. I'm going to make that a priority in my life. I'm going to make that a large rock. Some of you have made it a priority to spend time with God. You've actually texted in your number or you took the reading plans or you've signed up for the, the Version app. And every morning, like me, you're reading a little bit of the Bible. And for some of you, that's kind of new. And that's fantastic. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if you did that, because I think we're at like day 14 now. If you did that and, man, the first four days were brilliant. I mean, you were just like plowing through it. You're reading it. And then day five, something happens and you just got a little bit behind. But, man, day six, you got in there and you read five and six because you were like still keen. And then day seven and day eight was like a weekend. And you know how weekends are. They get a bit crazy. And then suddenly you're like on day nine and you're like three days behind. And. What can some people are like laughing and nodding. I think I know that some of you are going through this. But here's what happens. We get to this point and we're like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm just going to. And we stop. If you're at that point, just pick right back up. Don't worry if you've missed a few days because there is some great stuff that happens throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And it's not like watching a movie or reading a book where if you miss something in the middle, you'll, you'll lose the plot. There's still amazing things happening. So don't give up on this. If you started that journey of of making room for God every morning and you were reading the Bible, pick that back up and continue to read because it'll be amazing how much God will speak to you as you read those stories of what happens while Jesus walked on this earth. But anyway, so week one, we we were making room for God there. We were talking from a schedule point of view. But this morning, when I talk about making room for Jesus, it's a little bit different. I'm talking about in our lives What kind of rock have we made Jesus? Is he one of these small rocks here? Or is he really a large rock in our lives? 
And wherever you find yourself this morning, because the thing I love about Connect Church is I just, I love as I talk to you and meet with you, there's so many different people from so many different backgrounds. Some of you have spent your whole life in church. Some of you, this is the very first church you've ever been to. And I love that we've got all those people that come here and every one of you is is keen to understand more about what the Bible teaches and how you can apply it in your life. And this morning, when I talk about making room for Jesus, what I'm talking about is every one of us can say, you know, in 2014, I could take a step closer in my relationship with Jesus. For some, that may be the very first step ever in a relationship with Jesus. For others, you've been a a Christ follower for a while, and it's like, okay, Dave, I want to go further in my commitment. I want to make that rock bigger. I want to know more of his presence in my life. I want to experience him more in my day-in, day-out activities. So that's what we're talking about this morning. And what we've been doing as we've been um, the last couple of weeks, and we'll continue to do this as we look at the life of Jesus himself, is we've been reading through the Gospels, and each week as we talk about making room for life, we look at an example of of something that happened in Jesus' life. And I wonder if, like me, as you've been reading through the Gospels, um, every now and again you read something, you're like, whoa, I, I don't remember reading that before. And it's kind of interesting because maybe some of you, as you've been doing your, your readings there, if you've been following along with that reading plan, you've read some stories that you're familiar with. Oh, there's the feeding the 5,000. I knew that story. I remember hearing that before. Maybe I was a kid when I first heard that, but had Jesus miraculously with just five loaves and two fishes fed 5,000 people. And you read that again. And then that story about turning water into wine, you're like, whoa, that was awesome. What an amazing miracle that was. The very first miracle Jesus ever performed. Maybe it was some of the healings you read about, and you're like, man, I didn't know that he healed so many people. This, this guy's daughter, this, this leper, the outcasts of the day, and, and Jesus is healing them. But everything you're reading is kind of reaffirming what you thought of Jesus. He's just a great guy. He does amazing things. And then suddenly, you come across something, you're like, oh, Jesus, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> Why would you do that? Or why would you say that? And maybe some of you, as you've been reading, you've been caught off guard by some of these, these statements that Jesus made. And, and I want to look at one of those this morning. You see, Jesus was building a following. There were a lot of people following Jesus. A lot of crowds would want to come and hear what he was teaching about. And listen um, to the writer Matthew, one of those four gospel writers, Matthew. He writes of a situation that happened one day. And you can read about it in Matthew 8, 18 to 22. It says that when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law, so that would have been a religious person, okay? A teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, I'm reading this thinking, that's great news. Jesus must have thought, hey, we need one of you guys with us. That would be great. That would be awesome. A teacher of the law, that will give me some credibility, having one of my disciples as a, a religious figure, a teacher of the law. But instead, here's Jesus' response. He says, and it's a bizarre response. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man, he's talking about himself there, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And I think what Jesus is saying here to this religious leader is, hey, listen, don't step into this lightly. Yeah, I understand you're saying you want to be a follower. You're saying you want to follow me. But listen, you need to fully understand what you're, what you're buying into here. Who knows what the future will hold? I mean, foxes, they have homes. The birds of the air, they have homes. The Son of Man, he doesn't. You know, you're committing to a, an unknown future here in following me. So don't count the cost here of what you're going to do. Then a second person 
It says, another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Reasonable request. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I read that and I think, man, that's, that's kind of harsh, Jesus. This guy's his dad's dead. And you're like, just let him bury himself. And, I, I, you know, as, as we read this, and maybe some of you, as you've been reading through, you're thinking, why would Jesus say that? So I studied this, because I, I wanted to know why Jesus would say this. That's a tough statement to make. So as I did some research and I studied this, I discovered that um, in that particular culture, the rule was that if, if a family member died, that you would bury them that day. There wasn't any kind of waiting period. You know, the, the day they died was the day they were buried. So the truth is that in knowing that, most scholars believe that this particular guy's father actually wasn't dead. It's not like he was saying, Jesus, my dad just died. Can I just go on? He, he probably wasn't dead. If he was, he wouldn't have been there that day with Jesus. He wouldn't have been there talking to him. He would have been burying his father. So what actually is probably happening here is he's saying, hey, Jesus, my dad, he's not dead yet. But here's, here's the thing. I want to follow you. I really want to make you a big rock in my life. But let me go home first. Let me, let me hang out with my family a bit longer. Maybe my dad's getting a bit old here. So let, let him live out his life. Let me take care of him. Let me bury him. Let me inherit his fortune because I've got that coming to me and I don't want to be off with you and miss out on anything back there. So, so let me do that. And then when all that's been taken care of, then Jesus, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. Then you'll be the biggest rock in my jar. And I think that's what Jesus saw in that man's heart. And I think that's why Jesus said to him, listen, let the dead bury their own dead. He wasn't being, and, and, and sometimes you read things that Jesus says, and I think he uses this terminology to really hammer home a point that he's trying to make. He's, I think he just recognized that there would always be something in this man's life that would cause him to say, Jesus, I want you to be a big rock in my life, but let me sort this out first. Let, let me take care of this first. Let me wait till I get through this chapter of my life first. I've, I've got every intention of making you a big part of my life, Jesus, but just not right now. And I think that's what Jesus saw, and that's why Jesus was challenging this person at that time. You know, we don't know what happens to either of those people. It doesn't say whether they did follow Jesus or not. But we do know this. We do know that Jesus challenged other people like that. And we do know how they responded. You see, a little bit further on in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, there's another interaction between a man and Jesus. This man's name was Matthew. He was a tax collector. Now listen to what happened in this situation. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Totally different response. Now, maybe we could think, well, maybe Matthew wasn't quite as busy as the other guys. Maybe, he, well, of course he was. He was a tax collector. That was a pretty legitimate trade back then. I mean, that was an important person. He would have been very wealthy because of the, the industry that he was in. He would have been very important. And yet we read here that something in Matthew saw something in Jesus that caused him to say, you know what? I'm willing to lay that aside because, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm willing to, to put this because I want you to be a large rock in my life. And I want to just bring that thought to all of us here this morning. 
how large of a rock are we willing to, to make Jesus in our life? Are we willing to, to count the cost and think, so, so God, I want you to be, I, Jesus, I want you to be this big rock in my life. And I think, as I was preparing for this and I was planning, I think the best way I can illustrate this this morning, because we've looked at this example here in the life of Jesus, but how does that play out with us here today? What does that mean in our lives? What does it mean for us to say, Jesus, I want you to be a bigger rock in my life? And the, the best way I could come up with this, and I apologize because some of you may have seen this before, but was to, to show a video. It's a great video and it's, um, it's probably about a year or two old now. But it's actually the story of one of the ladies in our church. It's the story of a, a transition that took place in her life and how she moved from being somebody who, who prior to that, you know, Christ was a small rock, maybe not even a rock at all. And something happened in her life to where he became a large rock and a very important part of her life. And I'm not going to explain it anymore. I'll let the video take care of it. Then I'll come up and, and talk after it. So check out this video.
you know, it's amazing. I, so many times now I've watched that story, and yet each time I, I just see it through fresh eyes because for the first time, you know, in a long time, I watched it this morning being very aware of where some of you are at on your journey and thinking, man, I, I know that there are people in this room this morning who are in some of those same situations. Maybe you're, you know, you're sitting there and with Val's like, it's silly things like I don't know how to pray. Or I don't know what my spouse will think. And, and that could very well have echoed, resonated with some of you here this morning. But it's just so amazing because Troy and Val, another great couple of leaders here at the church. They're very heavily involved in our hospitality out there. When you come in, they're greeting and they're helping with the kids check in. And, but just to see how not only on that day in November did she decide to make Jesus a large rock in her life. I've seen that rock grow and grow. And I've seen it in Troy in his life as well, grow and grow. And that's why I wanted to show that video this morning, because I could preach and teach as, as passionately as possible this morning, but that story just told the story for me. That's what it's like to make Jesus a larger rock in our lives. It's not just that, and this is great that we, week one we talked about making room for God, you know, setting some time aside, and that's fantastic from a scheduling point of view. But I'm talking about the 24-7, like the size of the rock that Jesus will be in our lives. So for Val, there was two kind of steps there that I want to just focus in on here real quickly this morning. And the first was that she made that decision in that November of 2011 to become what we here at Connect call a Christ follower. And this is probably the first time I've ever really explained this, but maybe some of you have been coming for a while and you've heard me use that term a lot. And uh, maybe you've wondered, why does he say Christ follower and not Christian? And... Really, it's just a choice I've made because um, in my experience, Christian has become quite a broad term. Um, there's a lot of people in the world right, right now that, that um, sit under the banner of being a Christian. And I'm not here to judge saying who's right, who's wrong, that kind of thing. But unfortunately, I, I, I've seen the, the phrase diluted a little bit by the amount it's kind of spread around. Yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And you don't really see a lot of difference in these people's lives. But someone who's a Christ follower, to me, that's a little bit more than just a label. That's someone who's saying, I'm, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus, to follow in the ways of Jesus. So, so the example that he set and the way he lived his life, that's the way I want to live my life. The things that he taught about, that's, that's the things that I want to make priorities in my life. I want to be a follower of Jesus, a Christ follower. So we use that term a lot around here, and that's exactly what Val did back in November of 2011. Maybe some of you this morning, you've, you've come for a while now and you're enjoying Connect Church, but you've still, you know, you're, you're not really sure if you're ready to make that commitment. And, and you know what? I, I applaud you because I don't think that's a commitment you should take lightly. But I do believe that God has been at work in your heart. I believe every week when you come and you sing, you just, you're like, does anyone else kind of feel this? <laughs> As I'm singing, it's like this. And that is, that's God. We believe that's God through the Holy Spirit just moving in your life. And he's the one that's causing you to think about those things outside of a Sunday morning and, and ask those questions. And as you're reading the Bible, now you're starting to see things that you never saw before. And maybe for some of you in 2014, when we talk about making room for Jesus, it's like Val, it's saying, Jesus, I'm going to make room and I'm actually going to become a Christ follower. I'm going to take that step that, that she was talking about in the video. You know, Justin sang the song this morning, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Maybe that song that you sang this morning, not even realizing what you were actually singing, maybe that needs to become a real prayer for some of you this morning. You know what? I've decided to follow Jesus.
I want to be a Christ follower. And in 2014, that's how Jesus will become that large rock in your life. Maybe this morning you've already made that decision. You've, you've become a Christ follower and you've, you've asked him, maybe you're, you're new or maybe you're, you're fairly new. I'm not sure, but this is a decision you've already made. But there was something else I wanted you to see in that video this morning. And the other thing I wanted you to see in that video was something else that Val did. And she was baptized. And I was looking forward to sharing this this morning because I know that every one of you comes from so many different backgrounds. Some of you no church whatsoever, some of you in church all your life, some of you different denominations of church. So that word baptism can mean something different to every one of you. Well, here at Connect Church, the, the idea that we have behind baptism is exactly what you saw in that video. It is a tank of water or a lake, or a river, or a, a swimming pool, whatever it may be, and it is somebody saying, okay, my baptism will be me going down under the water, not being held too long, and then being brought right back up again. Not being held long at all. Being brought right back up again. We believe in what we would call full immersion baptism. Now, that's just how we, we don't judge other churches and say, oh, well, the way you do it's wrong, or anything like that. That's just how we choose, and, and we particularly here at Connect Church, we feel that there are some, um, some verses in the Bible that kind of uh, back that up. And I'll share a couple of the, them with you this morning right now. One is in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter, the disciple, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So he's saying there's a two-step process here. I want you to repent and I want you to be baptized. Jesus himself in Matthew, he, he's, he's talking to his disciples for the last time before ascending back up into heaven. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples, that's us, go and reach the nations, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then one last one here in Romans, this is Paul talking, um, and he's talking to the people in Rome. And he says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So Paul's kind of explaining it there to these non-Jews, to these Romans. He's saying, hey, let me explain what baptism is. Jesus, he died and he went into the grave, but he rose again. And him coming out of the grave. So, so we as Christ followers, we've chosen to go through what we call baptism. And, and we've chosen to, 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 uh, to line up with what happened with Jesus. Our old self is dying. When I chose to make Christ a big rock in my life, the old me, I died. The new me that came up out of the water, that's the new me. And, and here's why we do it that way. Here's why we don't just say, yeah, go home tonight in your bathtub and just, you know, slide under, slide back out again, you know. Well, the reason we do it so publicly like this is because for us, it's also a very demonstrative experience. Is that demonstrative? Is that, am I saying that? <laughs> Cases like whatever. It's a very public experience. We're basically saying we want the world to know. We want our friends, our neighbors. We want um, the angels up in heaven to see that I have decided to follow Jesus. The old me is going down into that water. The new me is coming back out. It is an outward expression of an inward decision. You know, you can make a decision to follow Jesus, and that's kind of great, and that's between you and God. But man, that idea of baptism, that's like, hey, listen, this isn't just a thought I had. I'm so serious. I want everyone to know that that's the old, this is the new. Now, I say all that because it's important, because on February the 23rd, here at Connect Church, we will be holding our very first baptism service. 
And I am opening that up to any one of you here this morning that hasn't ever been baptized and would like to be. And I realize that for some of you, already there are questions zinging around your head like, whoa, hold on a second, I, was, I think I was baptized as a baby, or I don't know what I believe about this, it's the first time I've ever heard. I get that, I get that. So here's what I need you to do, okay, your connect cards. If you are in any way interested about knowing more about baptism, sign up here. And we'll contact you, and we'll talk to you more about it, and we'll ask you, we'll explain all about it. But on February the 23rd, there will be some who will say, you know what, I know exactly what it means. And I'm ready. I am so ready because I want everyone to know the difference that Jesus has made in my life. And we're going to do it right here at the school in our service. Because we want to celebrate together these people who are saying, hey, I want the world to know that I've decided to follow Jesus. The old me has gone, the new me has come. So, So maybe this morning... 2014, making room for Jesus, making him a bigger priority in our lives, making him a bigger rock in our lives. There he is, okay, a bigger rock in our lives. Maybe for me, it's it's getting baptized. But whatever it is, I would challenge you this morning to, as as we leave this service, and I've got one more slide, but I don't think I'm going to show that, so don't worry about that last slide. As we leave this service this morning, it's every one of us saying, where I'm at on my spiritual journey right now, I want, I want to pray about this, God. I want to know, what can I do to make room for Jesus in my life? What can I do to make Jesus a larger rock in my life? For some, it'll be a first-time decision. For others, it may be making a decision to be baptized. For some of you, it may be signing up for a small group. When you heard us talking about the small groups earlier, that was kind of like, ah, I'm not sure about that. I like coming on a Sunday, sitting kind of anonymously out there. I like listening. I don't like having questions asked, you know. And, and for you, making room for Jesus may be taking that step into a small group where people are going to start interacting and saying, hey, what do you think about this? How do you think um, Jesus is... Um, explain you know there's some discussion that goes on there and it's going to stretch you a little bit more in what you believe as an individual so maybe for you making christ a bigger rock in your life this year will be joining a small group but whatever it may be i challenge you this this morning as as we close out this service say jesus i want you to be a bigger priority in my life this year i don't just want to make room for jesus i actually want to make jesus bigger in my life That could be a first-time response. That could be just seeking after him more in my life. You know, let me close out. I said I wasn't going to show the slide, but I may end up showing it here in a second because I do want to... I want to share this last story because um, it's particularly pertinent for this moment in Casey and Al's lives and uh, some of our family that are here. So some of you who are friends with us on Facebook, you'll know that we had a a very sad day yesterday. Casey and I, we had to travel up to the suburbs of Chicago to visit Casey's sister. And we had to go for the funeral of uh, their 10-day-old baby. So we had to go as a family. And um, there's the picture we took yesterday at the graveside of that tiny little coffin. And the reason, I wanted, the reason I was unsure about talking about this, but I just feel I have to now, is because here's how I was processing what I went through yesterday. This was a very, very sad day for us as a family. So Robin, Casey's sister, um, she was pregnant, and midway through the pregnancy, the doctors discovered that this uh, baby that was growing inside of her womb was, um, had been diagnosed with a uh, complication called trisomy 18. And that basically meant that, you know, um, this baby would be born, well, may not even be born, may not even survive pregnancy, but if it did, wouldn't last very long. So the reason I'm telling this story this morning is because Josh and Robin, 
my sister and brother-in-law, I, I've seen Jesus at work through them, through this experience. And I've seen their faith stretched, you know, almost to its limits as they brought this beautiful baby boy into the world. Zion was his name. And for 10 days he lived. And I mean, he was a precious little guy. He was beautiful. We got to see him. We got to hold him. We got to meet him. But after just 10 days of being alive, he passed away. His heart gave out. And we had to go up for this funeral yesterday. But as I was there with my sister and brother-in-law, I couldn't imagine how they could have got through this without Jesus in their lives. And here's, here's what impressed me. And actually the pastor said it, talked about this in the, funer- in the service. When we knew them, I mean, I've known them since they were at middle school. We were at their, I was at their middle school graduation from Central here. And that's the time when Robin and her husband, not back then, her boyfriend, but that's the time when Josh and Robin, they made a decision to make Jesus a large rock in their lives. And they've been through some things, some tests as a couple, but this was definitely the greatest challenge they've ever faced. And I just saw them holding on to Jesus through this. I just saw Jesus helping them get through this. I saw people who were around them being impacted by their faith through this really difficult time. And I just left Chicago yesterday driving back, knowing about what I was speaking about this morning. And, and I just felt like it was just really kind of mixed up with all that I was talking about. The, man, I don't know how I could ever go through something like that. I think what carries them through that, and I, I share this because I would ask you to keep praying for them when you think of them, Robin and Josh. But what carries them through something like that is Jesus. And I think by making room for Jesus, you may not realize it, but there'll, there'll be a time where you'll want Jesus in your life, to carry you through some of those really difficult times. But don't wait for those times to come. Make room for him now in your life. So let's close out as, as, and pray this morning together. And just before we pray, I want, I want you to pray in your heads, not out loud. I'm going to be quiet here in a second for just about 20 or 30 seconds and just let you Just listen to Jesus, talk to Jesus. And maybe there's a a decision you have to make this morning in your mind and, and you can just pray in your head about how Jesus could become a bigger rock in your life this year. Lord, I know we started off this series, Making Room for Life, by looking at making room for God. And God, I know I've kind of circled back around here, you know, just to kind of spend some more time on this, this rock, Lord. But I just think when it comes to Jesus, he is the answer. Just like that kid in the Sunday school. I know the answer should be Jesus. The answer is Jesus. We sang about you this morning, Jesus. You've changed so many lives here this morning, Jesus. Casey and I have been through a weekend where we felt you closer uh, than ever before and seen you at work in the life of a family that are hurting right now. And Father, I know there are many here this morning that even when they watch that video of Val and Chris, they could connect with some of the things that Val was sharing, some of the things that Chris was sharing. And they're like, that's my story. I'm at, I'm at a point in that story. And I pray, Lord, in this series, as we make room for life, and we're going to talk about other things we're going to talk about, just some really cool, practical things that will help enhance our lives. But I pray at the end of this series, we'll all look back and say, you know what? It was when I made that decision to make more room for Jesus in my life.
To make that rock, not just a small rock, but a large rock in my life, a priority, a, um, the biggest part of my life. When I made that decision, that's when my life changed. So, Lord, you heard the prayers that just went up around this room. You know every heart here this morning. You know every situation, every family, what they're going through. And I know, Lord, I know that there were some in that silence that were talking to you, Jesus. Help them this week follow through on that commitment that they made to make room for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll talk more in the next couple of weeks about that baptism. It's on February the 23rd. If you want to know more about it, put your details here on this card and just write baptism. Turn it into uh, the connecting point out there or the desk on the way out. Have a fantastic week and we will see you back here next Sunday morning. God bless you all.